Well, welcome back to the show. I'm David Peck. You're listening to On Point, and we are going to step right into our uh, next interview. We have a guest with us. He's a filmmaker. He's a writer. He's a producer and director. So many other things. We're we're going to talk about uh, probably more than one of the movies he's made, but the one that really has recently got my attention is a film called Meeting the Beatles in India. And uh, if you want to find out more about that, the website's thebeatlesinindia.com. I'm sure our guest is going to tell us a whole lot more about the experience, the film, and, 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 and what came out of it. But Paul Saltzman's here with us, as I said, Canadian director and producer of the documentary Meeting the Beatles in India. Paul, thanks so much for joining us here on the show tonight. My pleasure, David. So, Paul, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the film, and I can't believe that this happened in 1968. What, what was it that, and I, there's, a, there's a lot going on there, but what was it that brought you to finally say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this on film. Uh, I'm going to um, resurrect some of these ideas and, and, and revisit this story. The, um, I think the more holistic way to answer that is to say that I learned from a friend in my 20s that this was earth school, and it really changed my life, earth school. So my take on life is we're here to learn and we're here to learn to grow. We're here to learn to love. We're here to learn to be creative. We're here to learn to make peace, not war and all of that, uh, that that implies. So my desire to make the film is really a story that is a story of becoming. It happens to be about a young man who goes off to find himself. It happens to be about me, and I was a little shy to make it, which is probably why I took so long to get to it. Right. Uh, but it's, you know, we, we grow through storytelling, and we grow through storytelling that has universal truths in it. Like, it's always best to follow your heart. Like, it's always best to focus on loving as opposed to not loving. And, and so on. So that's why I made the film, because the, my experience of meeting the Beatles in India changed my life. Something George said to me was life-changing. Something John said to me was life-changing. Learning meditation, which I knew nothing about and had no interest in, was mind-blowing and life-changing. And so my desire to pass that along to others mm. is really the, the motivation. Is Paul, is that what's... Um, driven you to make films and to, to ultimately to tell stories. I mean, I think you're credited in over 300 films. You've you've won awards. You have fest, you've done festival tours, uh, very successful on TV. Uh, all rooted, I guess, in other people's stories. And as you say, these universal truths. And I wonder about that connection for you. Well, that's a lovely question, David. So, I think the I think what comes to mind first is. My parents were atheists. They were, they were activists, left-wing, liberal, whatever the words are. And so they didn't believe in God or souls or spirit. But what they did believe in and what their main instruction was, was the golden rule. Do unto mm. others as you'd have them do unto you. And if you're going to teach, in my opinion, if you're going to teach children only one thing, teach them that one because that's the core to being kind to yourself as well as being kind to others. So I've discovered that there is soul and there is spirit and there is what I would call God, goddess, divine energy, universal love. Um, 
And so when I look back on, on my projects, when I look forward on the ones I would love to make, and the issue is always finding money. That's the tough part, right, not, the, right. not the creative part. Well, welcome to making movies in Canada, or is that just welcome to making no, movies in general? I think it's welcome to making movies in general. Uh, you know, when you're not a solo artist that you can somehow put something together, you need to hire other people. Although, you know, that's another big discussion. But when I look at all that stuff, what comes to mind is that I, the first three awards I won were kind of mind-blowing to me. I did a half-hour documentary in 1972 in Kensington Market in Toronto, and it's a portrait of a Jewish family who had the Perlmutter's Bakery. That was the family mm -hmm. name. And the, the reason I made the film was I was a customer, and every time I walked in there, it was joy, and people were singing, mm -hmm. literally singing and <laughs> joyful. And... And besides that, the bread and the buns and the sweets were the best I'd ever had before right. and since. And it took me two years to convince them to let me make the film because they would say, oh, don't be silly. We're just doing what we do. No, nah, we don't want to make a film. And finally, they said yes. And that year, it won the top three awards at the Canadian Film Awards, That's which was kind of, it was kind of mind-blowing. Partly, I wasn't expecting it. Partly it won Best Documentary, it won Best Director, and the surprise to me and others was it won Best of Festival, which means it beat out all the dramas that year, which is pretty unheard of. And I got interviewed for the first time in my life, and I remember it was a guy, he was a CBC radio reporter, he was probably in his early 30s, and he said to me, why do you make the films you make? And I didn't have an answer, I had never thought the why. First interview? Yeah, I paused for a moment and the answer came really truly from my heart. What I said to him was, quote, I make films about people who give me courage because I want to pass that courage along to others. And that was hmm. true, still is true to this day. So we co we've covered a lot of ground, Paul, in, in less than, I think, 10 minutes. We've talked about storytelling and following your heart and, and, and making peace, not war. And I love the, the fact that you, this film is a story of becoming for you, Golden Rule and so on. We haven't even talked about the Beatles. Can, can, you, can, can you tell us just a little story that, that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are Beatles fans. I think that's probably an understatement. Can, can you talk about that first meeting? It comes up in the film, as do many other uh, stories and insights, but I'd love for you to unpack that for our listeners. Sure. Well, I can tell you a couple little anecdotes that are in the film, of course, because that's they were important. Um, talking with George Harrison, um, we were sitting alone. Uh, we used to, we would sit outside at a long table by the cliff overlooking the Ganges River, we being uh, the four Beatles, their four partners, Mike Love of the Beach Boys, the folk singer Donovan, Mia Farrow, the actress, and Mike Love, their, uh, uh, or rather Mal Evans, their that, roadie. That's quite a crew. Yeah, and so they kind of took me into their group. The way they took me into their group is in the film and and rather than tell that right now because depending on how much time we have i'd like to tell you about the two things that that were life-changing that john and george said so we're sitting at the table out by the cliff the whole group of us we were a kind of like a group of 13 who hung out there when not off meditating or off for them writing songs or so on and it was their single most prolific period of time they wrote 48 songs in less than seven weeks. Now there's some discussion with the music historians because they can only find 30, 
but I was told from one of the insiders that, that learned it directly from McCartney that they wrote 48 songs. So at any rate, at one point, everyone gets up to leave and George and I are sitting alone and people never talked shop. They didn't talk shop. But I said to him, I love the way you brought the sitar into Norwegian wood and into Beatles music. And he just lit up. And he spent about 10 minutes telling me about how he fell in love with the sitar and went to uh, Bombay and, and studied with Ravi Shankar for six months off and on. And then he said, I was just going to go practice. Do you want to come? And I said, great. I didn't even think of getting my camera. I had a camera. So I went with him. We went to his meditation room. So it was a tiny room, maybe 10 feet by six feet. And we're sitting cross-legged on the floor, close enough that I could reach out and touch his knee. But so that's how small the room was. And he picked up his sitar and he started to play. And I just closed my eyes. And honestly, I don't know if he played for 10 minutes or 40 minutes because time shifted. Time shifted. And when I opened my eyes, I was stoned from what had happened. I was stoned. I was buzzed. And so was he. And we had this remarkable conversation. And he said two things that were kind of life-changing. He said, I get higher meditating than I ever did on drugs. And I said, I know I, that same thing happened to me when I first meditated two days before that. And then he said, with complete humility, and he was 24 and I was 24, with genuine, complete humility, he was an amazing man. He said, like, we're the Beatles after all, aren't we? <laughs> he said, we have all the money you could ever dream of. We have all the fame you could ever wish for, but it isn't love. It isn't health. It isn't peace inside, is it? <laughs> that, that changed my life, you know? Yeah, what well, a message. I, I, what, what, what a message. And just, just to be clear for those who, who haven't seen the film or haven't spent time on the website, which, by the way, is thebeatlesinindia.com, you're, you, uh, the, the blurb about the film is you, you're at the ashram of the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi back in 68 with a, a place where people come to, I guess you could just, is it too cliche, Paul, to say to find themselves? It's not too cliche. Uh, an ashram is by definition a retreat center, usually a spiritual retreat center in whatever denomination. It, it isn't religion related. Right, right. But it was about it was about an awakening of 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 sorts. And and what yeah. what, fascin- what fascinates me is you know in this in this time of you know where we're we're sort of post COVID and and uh, you know a mental I mean we've had a mental health crisis it seems to me for many many years, and it, we're starting to uncover things in our own lives and in others and in our communities and our families. And I think it's just, it's fascinating to me that, you know, you've talked about all these life-changing things happening in a very small community of people. I mean, clearly, you know, motivated people and celebrities, et cetera, but, but through something as simple as, um, hmm, can I call it inner peace? Uh, or at least the, the desire for it, Paul, is that fair? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I think inner peace is a very good way to say it. And I think every human being, well, maybe not every human being, but I think many, many, many human beings have had the experience of a moment or more, hopefully a lot more than a moment of inner peace. And it's where your heart is open. It's where you're not frightened. It's where you're not, um, uh, 
worried for your next meal. And this is a very rough world we live in. It's a, you know, a very rough world. A friend, a dear friend of mine said, life is not for the faint of heart. And I think that's very true. But yes, the, the search for inner peace was what took me to India, basically, and it, what took me to the ashram. It's it's interesting. Uh, David David Lynch appears in the film, and help me out here. But if I, I'm not uh, mistaken, doesn't he actually talk about uh, the science behind, uh, uh, or at least the I'm going to say the evidence behind meditation and about um, normalizing blood pressure and about this I guess this high that uh, George Harrison was talking about that was better than drugs. Yeah, David David talks about the high. Um, the part about uh, blood pressure is talked about by another person who's a teacher of transcendental meditation mm. as we walked as we walked around the ashram in 2018. So the film, I, I retraced my steps from 1968 in 2018, 50 years later, and was at the ashram talking with someone who was an elevated teacher of meditation, and he brought up the health benefits. Right, right. Yeah, the, the health benefits of, of actually um, going on a search for inner peace. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, well, it's a fascinating um, uh, film, Paul. Um, golden rule, is that what we should be teaching more in schools as we wrap up our conversation? <laughs> is, is that I a would, first thing? I would say so. All right, right. Well, Paul, listen, what a pleasure chatting with you. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. Uh, we've been we've been chatting with Paul Saltzman. He's a Canadian director and producer and writer and, you know, just filmmaker and storyteller. And we were here tonight talking about his uh, film, Meeting the Beatles in India. Paul, thanks so much uh, for, for your time tonight. Thank you, David, very much. You're listening to On Point, and my name is David Peck. <laughs>